Marketing, entrepreneurship, and all things small business. You're listening to the Profit 911 Podcast. Now, here's your host, Justin Miller. 2021 rolls on and so does the podcast. We're at episode 24 and we're talking about, we're calling this one Open for Business. Because recently it was uh, spring break. And uh, family and I decided we were going to take a little road trip. So we went from, uh, we're in Illinois, those of you that don't know, and we drove down to uh, Tennessee uh, with three small kids in the car, which is a story all its own. Um, so we, we stopped a lot and saw a lot of gas stations across the wonderful uh, country here. Um, but there were some interesting observations because this was really the first time I had, well, one, been on a vacation in a long time, but been out, uh, boots on the ground and any area other than my local area for a long time. And Kevin, you uh, were on a similar trip. I was. I was. I went through Nashville. Uh, one of my clients is in North Carolina, and I thought my wife was going to go to Florida for spring break with her family, and I'd already kind of committed to going on this trip. So instead of flying, I decided I'm going to go to Nashville too. I'm going to drive, and uh, I, I did not do any of the touristy things that you did when you were there. I was... At the Honky Tonks, enjoying $7 beers and uh, semi-good music. Yeah, I don't know what the beer would have cost in Dollywood because I didn't drink it, but I'm sure it was probably 7 bucks or more. <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee is open for business. Absolutely. Um, so here's the neat thing. So in Illinois here, I, I would say we are kind of hit or miss with uh, general attitude. And this episode, by the way, is not about health. <laughs> this is about uh, e- economy and where we stand on that. Um so Illinois is kind of hit or miss as far as recreational activity goes. Um, probably not a lot of people would have drove to Illinois for their spring break. Hey, no, yeah, not not even border states. We tend to flock out of the state um, this year in particular, though. So um, I will say though, once you know we left the office and started driving, those first couple of stops, things felt more normal than I thought they would. Um, you know, we're dining at restaurants and things. Are you dining at restaurants or are you stopping at, you know, McDonald's? Both. Okay. Both. Yeah, McDonald's is packed, of course. Uh, that's why you do the mobile Got to use, use my app. That's gotta, right. Just drive through. The McDeals. Um, no, we, we did some restaurants as well with the kids. Um, restaurants were, you know, not, until we got to like the Tennessee tourist area, the restaurants were not busy. Um, they were open though. And it was nice to go in and, and be served. Of course, you wear your mask to your table and things. But sure. Whatever. That's fine. Um, but they were opened. People were in there. Life was going on. You know, everywhere we stopped, gas stations were packed. Fast food absolutely was packed. I, I think they're a, a winner in all of this. Um, once we got to, I will say, tourist area, yeah, everything's open. Everything's packed. Um, yeah. Capacity constraints. Uh, so in particular, one day we went to Dollywood down there in Pigeon Forge and I believe they were running at half capacity, um, but they were sold out. Uh, I saw on their website before we even went, you know, season ticket holders, you know, you can't get in these days, which is interesting. Uh, <laughs> so, so the ones that come there the most get hosed. Um, but yeah, you, you had to have your ticket in advance for a particular day and, you know, they were doing everything they could to distance, but I will say uh, it, it was within the first week they were open, but they acted like they hadn't been open for 10 years from what I saw. This, this was absolute chaos. Chaos from just too many people trying to do their thing or like yeah, so, staffs not even sure what they were doing next? 
I, I don't know if I can tell you the cause, but yeah, it looked like too many people, but in the back of my head, I know we're limited to half capacity, half capacity. so this should not be a problem at all, right? No. So I think the park opened at 10 a.m., and you know, we headed over there about 30 minutes prior, which shouldn't have been too big a deal. Uh, yeah, we sat in traffic for almost two hours to get into the parking lot. It's like going to Disney. No, Disney has their shit together. <laughs> well, yeah, but you can, you can still, you as can you get, get closer and closer, well, yeah, if you can get parked, do you get closer and closer to the park? It gets, but two hours, wow. Yeah, no, we were standstill on the highway. For a half capacity day. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah absolutely nuts. And yes, we showed up, you know, right before open, so I'll give them that, but. Still. Th- this was absolute nuts. I'm like, this, this is not the amusement park's opening weekend, like, the first time ever, um, you know, eventually the police came and directed traffic after the highway was backed up for about an hour. Dolly wasn't out there directing yeah, traffic. Yeah, you know, you got you got semi trucks trying to get to job sites and and uh, I've never I've I've been to Pigeon Forge, but I've never been to Dollywood. Is it off on its own or is it on a main drag or? Yeah, no, it's it's not on like the Parkway, which is the tourist drag. It, it's kind of buried by itself. Now some other little things have popped up around it, but for the most part, you know, it's isolated. So the road in and road out, it's not like a four lane highway in and out. Yeah, no. Well, it, it is, but in the grand scheme of traffic around there, yeah, it's a main thoroughfare, but not a tourist thoroughfare. Yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, we, we waited two hours to even get in the parking lot, which was just. Yeah, you know, no. if we didn't have kids, I would nope. have aborted right. that mission. Uh huh. Um, but now they they were set on going, and once we uh, got parked, got out of the vehicle, um, we had a little hike to the tram stop. So not because like, you were parked like forever away. Yeah, there were like three or four tram stops. It looked like they had set up, and <laughs> and we see you know a group of people over there. So we get over there and find a line, and that line is for the temperature check station. <laughs> yeah, yep. which, which has. Two people running it. Two people. Two people. For everyone coming into the park. Well, I mean, there were multiple tram stops, but yeah, everyone that okay. showed up at this period of time was going through this one. <laughs> oh. um, we get through that. We wait in the actual line for the tram. Um, now, some of the trams, they had kind of retrofitted with clear plastic barriers between every row, and they were still filling every row. Mm-hmm. Other ones, they must have declared that impossible or something, so every other row was skipped. Um, and then there was the parking lot I saw on the way in that had eight trams parked, not running. <laughs> sure. So, well, they were only at half capacity. We don't need those. Yeah, they probably did run half the trams. That was probably right. But, um, you know, we spent three hours that we couldn't spend money. So from a business standpoint, if you want to think of how much money was lost there, I have to imagine it was hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, yeah, I mean, they have your ticket money so, already, but your concessions and, I, I mean, is it like, again, I've not been to Dollywood. Is, are, are there lots of things to buy other than food? No, I mean, there's food souvenirs. I mean, the, yeah. it, once you're inside, so it, my impression overall of the place was a very well-maintained park, which maybe it's because it was opening weekend, but hopefully it, it really is typically that way. So mm-hmm. it, it was a nice, pretty park, well-maintained, uh, terribly understaffed. And you, and you have, the problem is you don't know if that's the standard or if they were thinking, oh, we're at half capacity, we don't need a full staff. No, I, I can tell you one other observation, and I... I don't want to offend anyone, but the vast majority of the staff was well into senior citizen age, not at the beginning of it, um, which seemed very strange for an amusement park. I've been to a lot of amusement parks. That's like going to a concert at the Tax Slayer Center, and almost all of the ushers are retired senior citizens, if you've ever noticed that. Yeah. Back in the day when concerts actually, when I used to be the photographer there, 
And I would walk around like after I'm done shooting or I'd want to see the show or I'd whatever, grab a seat. Invariably, I'd say at least half of the staff, because they're all, it's all part time. They work only when there's a show or an event. And, but yeah, that seems, so they were, uh, you're saying that uh, there were not enough of them. They were not maybe energetic, energetic or yes, youthful yes. enough to be able to really, I mean, did they, there, there was no hustle. There was no, no hustle. <laughs> Um, no, so they had that problem. I did notice throughout the entire area we stayed in, you know, there were help wanted signs everywhere. Now, I don't know why, if that's typical or not. I have heard that, you know, it's a terribly expensive place to live without a great population because it's mm-hmm. all tourists. So yep. it is a little difficult to find help. Um, but it seemed excessive, um, which is a bit scary. It's interesting that you say that because the client that I have our set of radio stations, they're in the Outer Banks, which is like Myrtle Beach North more adult and I was there for four days and it was the same thing I could not believe how many help wanted signs there were a lot of a lot of seasonal workers come and work there and last summer they couldn't but it 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 is same kind of thing tourist area relatively small population a lot of people come during the summer and visit but it was help wanted signs everywhere yeah this I mean this was a very physical thing i was able to see it i was on the ground but i've had my successful clients telling me like for the past year they can't find the people mm-hmm. um so it go it definitely goes beyond that but it was interesting to see it and i mean mainly entry-level jobs i'm sure yeah. you know they're just tourist attractions and roadside things um but yeah i mean overall then and it did start raining while we were there too the park was closing fairly early for an amusement park at 6 p.m i think we spent four hours five hours in the park um, so in the end, is that four hours? Again, contrast that with going to Disney, where you, you could spend twelve in Disney. You, if, you spend twelve, and and you're like, I want to get up and do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Um, was that four hours? Did you feel like you got your money's worth? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I that was thought that was pretty good to say. Uh, no. Um, How were the kids? Were the kids? Did they notice they didn't get their full day, or were that were they satisfied with four hours? Because you know, with, with the time, I don't think they really had that as a concern. Yeah, they complained when we. Uh, when it was getting close to time to leave, but it also coincidentally started raining then, so it was it was okay. We we're kind of running back to the car in the rain. Um, but now, uh, more the two hours in the van in the parking lot while they're excited to go in the park was the yeah, problem. Yeah, that's hard. So I mean, if they could deal with that, you know, I would have gone back if I could have again on the same trip, even. Yeah. Um, because the money, yeah, it's expensive, but yeah, it's it's amusement park, whatever. It is what it is. You know, you're going there expecting to spend money if you, know. you want to have a good time. So yeah. I didn't have a problem with that necessarily. It was more the experience that went along with it um, rather than the absolute dollar amount. I mean, I even bought like fast passes for stuff. So I, th- I think the way they did it, um, they had a fast pass that was, you could do like eight rides, skip the line or something. So I bought like three of those because I'm like, all right, the oldest you know eight-year-old he might want to go on some of those rides and then who knows so yeah. whatever we'll buy these things yeah um yeah i used one on one ride and that was it so. as a <laughs> as an amusement park having never been there is it is it cool or is it yeah so it, it is a really nice park it bridges the gap between uh, thrill ride and and kid pretty well mm-hmm. um so they do have some good-sized roller coasters they also have a, a fair amount of uh, kitty rides um, so no, but it, it did well from that standpoint. We didn't do any of the, the shows or anything, but I understand they had those as well. Um, so is it all like, I mean, I think of, I mean, I'm not a huge country fan. Um, I know who Dolly Parton is. I appreciate her music, but is it like all country themed or is it, is it, is it like Adventureland only Dolly's got her name on it? Yeah, no, I, I didn't necessarily pick up on the theme. I imagine maybe some of the shows and stuff brought it in a little more. 
Um, yeah. But no, it was like every other amusement park. You know, you got your your western town over here, oh, sure. like yeah. your mining area yeah. and, you know, your your main street area. No, I mean, it, it followed the typical mold as far as that goes. <laughs> Interesting. Well, in contrast to your trip there, my trip to Nashville was me without my wife or my kids on a business trip where I'm like, $7 beer? I don't care. Business yeah. is paying for it. Uh, I My biggest concern was, well, wait a minute, where's... I see this thing on the map. Where's this bar at? Or where's this, where is the country music hall of fame? I got to find it. I got a ticket to go or the Johnny cash museum. It's, it was a totally different trip. I didn't have any of those constraints of we're stuck in the car or I got to get through with a fast pass. I was just like, all right, I'm here. What am I going to see next? I didn't really plan a whole lot of it. I stayed there for a day and a half. I was more like, okay, well, yeah, let's go do this tour. I'll go do this. I'm all by myself. So that was, if I had been with my family, it would have been marketed down to the minute. My wife had been like, well, we got to do this today. And what hotel are we staying at? And you want to go where? No, I can't. Brewery? You want to take some beer home? No, can't do that. Yeah. Um, do we, yeah, yeah, we had different constraints on us and that, and that was fine. I did it wasn't my trip necessarily. It was for the kids. Yeah. Um, and I will say that the Dollywood thing was, it was repeated elsewhere. So like the last day there in, in Pigeon Forge, it was, it was rainy. So we decided we'll go to Wonderworks, you know, all indoor. Oh yeah. And of course it's going to be busier because it's raining. Uh, again, I get that. I expected that. Again, we waited two hours. Wow. Some of it out in the rain. Um, it seemed like an artificially limited capacity there as well. And one example I saw there, which made no sense, is they had like a, a ropes course, uh, like a three-tier high ropes course, and uh, kids wanted to go on that because we did a similar one elsewhere. Uh, but they were limiting capacity on it by closing the top two levels. So you can only go so high. Yeah. Then you got to stop. Yeah, cause to help distance people, we decrease the amount of area they can go in. Instead of limiting the amount of people at any given time using it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if in my head, if you open all three levels, we can put three times as many people on, and they're the same distance away from each other. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, once we got in, we waited another hour or so in line just to go on this thing. I mean, you are on spring break. I mean, even if people are trying to... Yeah, but to- the line was only 20 people deep that took an hour. <laughs> wow. So you and I come from an entertainment background. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. You know, we, we've tried to create experiences for people, and I'm sure whoever originally designed all these things did, but it's been destroyed. Um, and do you think that's pandemic-related, or is would, would you, in a busy summer, would you have waited 40 minutes to get in? Yeah, I don't, I, it's certainly the excuse right now. Um, it probably yeah. was the real reason for a while, but based on what we knew, know now, they probably should alter policies a little bit. And this is in Tennessee, where it's fairly... Open. So I, I will say, so let's, the health aspect for a while, not the implications, but how they're operating, um, what we saw down there was, you know, hit or miss enforcement. So, you know, one shop right next to another may have a different policy on what is allowable in their shop. Yeah. I will say the larger the corporate entity, the more strict it was. And so, you think that is just simply from a liability perspective? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Restaurants, are they are they completely open or was it... Every other table or? Uh, I'm trying to think. I, and I think this varied too because off the top of my head, yeah, some were distance, but at the same point I'd seen tables seated right next to each other. And and again, weights. Um, a lot of people walking around. It was, it was a busy place. And here's the interesting part. I don't think we were there during the busiest time because we left on a Friday after a week there. And that Friday I kind of looked at hotels. You know, do we want to stay another night or not? 
really couldn't find anything. But if you could, like a Holiday Inn Express was going for almost 400 bucks a night. Wow. So yeah. it was getting a lot busier when we left. So yeah. I feel sorry for anyone that was doing the attractions the week after I us. mean, you got to really love a place to to spend that kind of money, I guess. Yep. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'll, I'll tell you a couple more antics from on the road, and, and we'll sum up with some lessons you can apply to your business from. And now, now back to the Profit 911 podcast with your host, Justin Miller. We're back. We're sharing stories from the road on a segment we're calling Open for Business. Um, recently took a trip to uh, the Tennessee area and experienced all kinds of, I'm going to call it nonsense from a business perspective, uh, taking the magic out of uh, magical attractions. Um, talked about experience in Dollywood and uh, Wonderworks. Uh, taking a little opposite end of the spectrum now. So one of the, the other things we did there is we did drive through the uh, Smoky Mountains a little bit. Um, Kat, my wife, wanted to do that, so we did that briefly until the kids started whining, which is completely predictable. <laughs> um, ended up, oh, I can't think of the name of the little city, um, but we saw, you know, the billboards for caverns. I think it was Tuckalichi Caverns or something. I'm like, all right, let's right, we'll go check this out. So we get in the parking lot and hop on the phone to try and do a little bit of quick research before I go, but there's no cell service, so that's not working. <laughs> so I, I go inside the... Uh, little shack, if you will, with the uh, 1970s wood paneling on mm-hmm. the walls and mm-hmm. the old-fashioned cash register there, and black and white TV. <laughs> Asking a little bit, I'm like, all right, what's, what's the deal? Is it a tour? Do we walk through it around? No, it's tours. Okay, when's the next one leaving? About 15 minutes. That's interesting because, you know, I waited in line eight minutes to talk to this guy, and <laughs> the time for them was 15 minutes as well. Uh, I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, you know, we paid for our tickets. I'm like, we're here. We got enough time. Let's do it. Um, had to get back in time for indoor skydiving, by the way. So we were a little tight on time. But um, Eventually, uh, our tour starts, I don't know, probably 30, 40 minutes later. But um, this was a small operation. So this, this one was excusable and expected as soon as you walked in the place. Uh, it was very clear they wanted to sell tickets. And I'm like, whatever. At this point, you know, for this dollar amount, you know, if it's a complete loss, whatever. Um, so the caverns start un- underneath this building. Like their basement goes into a, a walk down that someone has created. <laughs> um, this thing has never been inspected by anyone of any safety authority. Uh, this, this, is, this is true entrepreneurial hustle here. Um, the story, which, yeah, believe it if you will or not, I don't know, was that uh, the two founders... You know, when they were young, they were on the property, they were like six and eight years old, and they, you know, discovered the caves a little bit, and they used to play in them. Um, and then, you know, later in life, they came back, and they purchased the property. Um, and in that area, you own everything below ground as well. And, and they opened up this tourist thing, which, again, apparently no government inspectors ever set foot in. Um First thing I noticed, because I'm pretty observant on amusement and entertainment-related things, it's one of my interests. Everyone coming up these stairs is sweating. <laughs> like, all right, well, it's 50-something degrees underground, and these people are sweating and looking like they can't make it. Um, this is going to be fun with a 6-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 2-year-old. Um, so, so we go down with an uncooperative 2-year-old, and 
there are these very steep homemade steps with a rail made out of um, some Schedule 40 pipe that's probably not tied to anything. <laughs> um, plenty, plenty of spots you could certainly fall off and kill yourself. Um, and a two-year-old that refuses to walk. Oh, nice. But uh, this tour was probably like 90 minutes, and it was supposed to be you know right around an hour, which... This was a case where extra time was not appreciated. Um, in fact, there probably should have been two tours. Let's just, whatever the price is, let's go ahead and make that the shorter tour and let's add a deluxe version for them and make that the longer tour so they can make more money and I don't have to go on the longer tour. That would be lesson number one. Um, but yeah, we, we walked around this thing and yeah, it was kind of neat. It would have been more neat if I wasn't scared for safety of others in my group. Sure. Um, but it, it was certainly just, something thrown together roadside to make money and billboards put up and to a T this was perfectly what represents these tourist areas. Well, there's a lot of that down there. I mean, that's the older school, like, you know, before it became Dollywood, you know, there's probably all kinds of that stuff. You probably find that all over Kentucky too. Like come see our cave, come see this. And, uh, they where where the people at Dollywood might have appreciated your insight too, as you know, two hours in the parking lot. And yeah, we really are working on this. This guy's probably like, we got your money. You no, saw man, the place. Sell some tickets. Yeah, you want to come back someday? Great. If you don't, some other sucker is going to come in and take. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. take their money. Absolutely. Um, uh. Yeah, fearing for safety is always good. I didn't. I did not fear the caves collapsing. Just their infrastructure just they built yeah, in yeah. there. Yeah, I'm thinking. What if your electrical wires that are strewn about with you know Romex tied to rock? Uh, <laughs> just things that shouldn't be done. <laughs> It's safe to say you'll probably <laughs> never go back there, even if you drive by it again. No, I'll go to another cave, and it'll probably be the same thing. But I, I guess the story was the owners had been to you know, Carlsbad Caverns and wanted to replicate what they saw there, which I've never been there. I have no idea, but it, maybe it's similar. I'm, maybe this is like the ghetto version of it. I don't know. Um, but whatever. I mean, no one was really complaining there. You know, it was pretty. They were too busy trying to stay alive. It was pretty obvious what you got into. Yeah. Um, but the tour kept going on into more areas, and yeah, you know, once you've been in the cave, so you so never long. had a fear that you were so far in you weren't gonna be able to get out. You no. I mean, because you just turn around and follow the pipe upstairs. <laughs> so. Yeah. No. I mean, this this was fairly a fairly open area. Actually, that's what made it dangerous. Was it was open enough that you know they got a rail, and there's three feet open under the rail, and then there's a eight foot drop off into running water. You know? Oh, nice. And is it, 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 and I've like Crystal Lake cave. I grew up in Dubuque and there's that's down by Bellevue. I've never been there, but people rave about it. Is it all well lit? I mean, is, so if you're like into that kind of rock and under, I mean, is it, is it cool or was it? Were yeah, you, well, I mean, all the light is their artificial light. They've wired up. But, yeah, you know, someone risks their life uh, going on the well, other side of the that, cave yeah. and putting lights. Yeah, oh yeah, they hang them over there. <laughs> there were several things I saw that I'm like, I really wonder how that how got there. How did that ever get done? Um, yeah, so I mean, it was it was neat. Is it bright though? Or are they like old forty watt incandescent bulbs? That... Well, it's pretty dim, but your your eyes adjust well. I mean, we we took some pictures. None of the pictures turned out. There was just no way. Um, your eyes adjust well, but that you know, your eyes a hell of a lot more sensitive than the sure. camera. Yeah, um, I suppose if you had a professional camera, you might have got something. Uh, you, you might have had the equipment and skill to do it. I didn't with yeah. my iPhone. No. Um, huh. uh, There's one area that was, there was enough light to take a picture of your group if you know you stood appropriately. And then there was one area where they shut all the lights off while you were sitting down at, at one point just to show you what pitch black looks like, I guess, in case you've never experienced case that. you've never been in the dark before. Yeah, which inevitably someone's cell phone rings and lights up the whole place. But, sure. Um, despite them saying not to do that. Um, but no, this, this place is raking in money and has 
I mean, <laughs> based on what it looks around, I have zero expense other than labor. Well, yeah, very little overhead. Um, probably no insurance. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like having no liability insurance? Like someone's never there, gotten no, hurt there? There's nobody that wrote that policy. There's no way. <laughs> That's so crazy. That's so crazy. Like, like no one's ever gotten hurt there and they're, you know, they had to close down. It's, yeah. But, but this is interesting because these two places coexist in the same geographic area. They're both yep. you know, capable of raking in money yep. uh, at different levels, of course. Um, they're open for business. They don't, I mean, from a business standpoint, they don't give a shit. There's a pandemic. They got to make some money. Yeah, they don't care. Gonna disappear. If you want to come in, come on in. The air's fresh down here. Yeah, I, <laughs> someone did ask about oxygen in the cave, and they got a response that wasn't very well scripted. <laughs> no. <laughs> it wasn't very believable, but um, I wasn't really worried about that, of all things. Um, no, but, I mean, that, that was a good representation of all sides of the spectrum, you know, doing what they had to do to make money. Um, it's very easy right now, I'd say, to live in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've kind of been forced to, right? Um, and I'm used to traveling once a month or so, and that hasn't happened for a long time. And that's, you know, it keeps my mind open, you know, makes me realize that what I see day to day isn't the entire world. Um, so this was good to get out. Um, it's good. It was good to see what was going on everywhere, um, to realize that things are fairly normal. I noticed plus, that plus too. Masks. I mean, I didn't, I was driving through, like I went to, you know, I drove through Knoxville and then I drove through all of the North Carolina cities on the interstate, stopped at North Carolina and Duke, huge basketball fan, wanted to see those campuses. Of course, couldn't go in and see the arenas or couldn't do anything because it's, everything's closed down. But, and on the way home, went through Washington, D.C., stopped at night, had never been to any of the, the sites at night. I'm, again, by myself, I'm on no timetable. I will tell you, now I know why I normally fly there. I, I'll never <laughs> drive 2,500 miles again in a week, uh, ever, because most of the driving was done on a day down and a day back. So it wasn't like I drove 200 miles a day for seven days. It uh, And I stopped in Pittsburgh, and I stopped in Cleveland, but it, yeah, I'll I appreciated a lot. All the fast food was open. I didn't eat at any yep. restaurants unless I was in the market where I was working. And then I had trades. The radio station has trades, so I just ate all the seafood I wanted. So I didn't get to experience <laughs> a lot of the Mon Pa stuff, and I didn't do a lot of uh, touristy stuff. So for me, everything appeared to be normal, but all I really experienced were gas stations, tourist stuff in Nashville, and then fast food restaurants. Yeah. Well, I'll share one more experience from uh, Gatlinburg, and then we're going to have to wrap this one. But um, Gatlinburg has a couple of attractions that are, you know, ski lifts and mm-hmm. take you up to the top of the hill. Yep. Um, which I'm not a skier, so I don't know if they're typical ski lifts or not, but pretty steep. Um, so we decided we want to go up this one, and, you know, we're in line to get our tickets, and the guy comes out in his coveralls or whatever. Um He's like, uh, just to warn you all, you know, it's getting pretty windy. Uh, if, it, if it gets too bad, we will have to shut the lift down. The, the alarm's already gone off on it a couple of times. <laughs> so I wonder how many times it has to go off before yeah, really. they shut it down. Of course, dangerous. I'm like, whatever. You know, they'll, they'll make the call when it's When, it's when you're dying. in the, yeah. I'm like, yeah, if they let us go off, it must be safe or whatever. So um, we get on with the kids, go up the lift. Uh, it, it, it's really freaking windy the higher you get up on the uh, yeah. mountain. Yep. And yep. you get to the top, and this is the one that has a suspended sky bridge up there that you can walk across, um, which my kids have deemed the bridge of death now. Sure, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we got up there. Uh, I'm trying to give you a realistic estimate of what the wind speed might have been, but I'd say maybe 40 miles an hour up there. Like and that's pretty, not considered too much. That's pr- pretty crazy. Well, the lift stopped bringing people up the hill once we were up there. 
Is there any other way to get down? It was sending people down the hill still. Oh, so down is okay, but up. Yeah. Down. 40 I miles don't... an hour, That I mean, I could see maybe 10 or 15, and that might be kind of a neat experience yeah, to be swaying back yeah. and forth. Well, it wasn't swaying. It was a very solid bridge. Um, you know, it, it was wood bridge, but it was... So it's yeah, not like, okay, so it it's not like a solid. foot bridge where you're going over a ravine. It's a bigger, it, it, well-built it bridge. It is, but it's a nice version of it. Okay. Uh, it was probably five feet wide and, and tethered all over the place with steel cable. Um, so you felt safer there than you would have been well, in a cave. This, so typically I'm the adventure person, but this is not worth the experience because there's nothing on the other side of the bridge other than try and sell you your photo. Um, then they got the plexiglass in the middle of it, and it's probably, I don't know, 500-foot uh, ravine it's over. Um, but the wind was the, the unpleasant part. So 40-mile-an-hour mm-hmm. wind, it kind of pushes you when it comes. There's, and there are people, like, screaming for their life on this bridge. There are people that... Yeah, get a quarter of the way across and are turning back and clinging on. So you're on the bridge, 500 feet up, 40 mile an hour wind, which is just unpleasant to be in. And mm-hmm. then you got people that won't freaking move. Because they're scared. Yes, they are physically frozen in fear. Wow. And if they keep going, they got to come back. Um, so the Bridge of Death was interesting. If you ever get the chance, uh, check out the Bridge of Death. <laughs> I think it's just called Gatlinburg Sky Bridge. Um, but it was nonsense. They probably should have shut that down. That was really windy coming down, too. We did get to ride the lift down. Um, but all in all, it, it was a fun trip. It was good to get out. Uh, if you've been isolated in a bubble, it's probably time to get out. Yeah, do it safely. Um, but take a road trip somewhere, if nothing else. Stay isolated if you want. But things are open for business. And if at this point, if you're in a category that's still shut down, you probably need to make at least a temporary turn to something else to diversify, um, start another business. Uh, if you're still shut down, I hope you're open soon, but it's time to do something else. Um, bottom line, there's plenty of opportunity in the world. Um, if you're feeling doom and gloom, get out in the world and see where it's not doom and gloom. You'll get your head on right, come out of this on top. We're going to move. Coming up next episode, we are going to talk about uh, Varsity Blues, Netflix documentary on the bribery scandal. Uh, Yep, I'll just save it for episode 25. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Profit 911 podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave your comments. For more information on how Profit 911 Consulting can help grow your service business, visit Profit911.biz.